in a normal way that you'll be organized and I'll just (laughs) jump in there with the trying to be funny. Welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer, with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Welcome to another episode of Barnyard Language. And it's been a whole two weeks since Katie and I talked to each other, which I think is probably a record since we started recording our podcast. So that feels like a really long time. So I'm sure that there's lots of updating to happen. So Katie, what's been going on over the holidays at your house and on the farm? Well, my beloved husband, who I really, he really is beloved to me, got COVID at work and brought it home. And uh, thankfully, knock on wood, none of the rest of us got it. And Jim is fully vaccinated, so he didn't get that sick. But still, yeah, trying to work with both kids and Jim home was a lot. Because by Iowa standards, the kids still could have gone to daycare. But it seems kind of rude to be like, my kids have been exposed to this horrible, contagious you know, pandemic, and it's Christmas, so I'm going to send them and just hope they don't get anybody else sick. Wow. So even Um, though there was COVID in the household, they technically could have gone to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're not symptomatic, they can go. So even if they have COVID, maybe they can still go. We have some vague guidelines from the state, but there's no enforcement of any sort. So... um, Make of that what you will, but mm-hmm. but he's feeling okay and over it and all that. Stuff. Yes, but the kids brought home some sort of horrible cold that I have had, and you know we're still dealing with his finger healing up. Which now we're doing daily bandage changes so he can actually like wash his hands. So that's good, mm-hmm. um, and it is healing. It's just you know when you put a big hole in your body, it takes a while. <laughs> And the kids are confused about when Santa's coming again. You know, they got really, really excited that Santa is bringing gifts. But the boy child is not giving up the idea that Santa might be coming again today, tomorrow. Right. Yeah, um, who knows? Yeah. And Daddy showed him that they can order toys on the internet. They were looking at toys. <laughs> and so now oh, Jim, every time I turn no. around, I'm having to hide the laptop because the boy who is three and a half is opening it, and I had to tell Daddy that if he leaves his credit card information in the computer, I'm not responsible for what happens. Because <laughs> How many packages are we getting with yeah, toys? Yeah, you know, $30,000 worth of brooder toys later, I can just... So what we need to know is how was the Swather the hit that you hoped it would be? Is it the best thing that's ever happened to The him? first gift he opened, he goes, this my chopper? This my chopper? This my chopper? The entire time he was unwrapping gifts and he got to his <laughs> chopper and he was just... But now he needs a new dump box to go with it because the dump box he has is not the same scale as the chopper. He got a piece of tillage equipment, but it's not really up to the the way three-year-olds play with things. But he also got a crane truck and that's been a lot of fun. They've been hauling things around the house with a crane truck. 
getting the tractors unstuck from the mud. Um, yeah, the different scales and the different hitches too, even between brands don't always work together. So for uh, for carpet farming, that can be very frustrating when you've got, got the wrong yeah. scale or the, the wrong implement or it doesn't hook up to the, the specific tractor that they really think it needs to go with. Well, and, you know, when we bought him the first tractor in the, the 1 16th scale, that was fine. But now that there's like multiple tractors and dump wagons and tillage equipment and a combine and a chopper and grain bins and an auger all in 1 16th scale, it's a lot. And they're, they're big. They're not, you know, little, little critters. There's new folks in our neighborhood. I mean, not like new, new, but their kid goes to daycare with our kids. And so that was pretty exciting. Because that's the first new people with the young kid in our neighborhood in like six years. I know the I, feeling. We have some new neighbors and it's like, okay, try not to be too eager. But like, we want to really be friendly because they're, they're farmers too. And we want to be friends, but try not to look like you're, uh, you're stalking them either. Well, I finally uh, just asked daycare this morning what their names were because I was like, you know, I want to set up a play date, but searching... Mr. and Mrs. Connor's parents is not really getting me very far. <laughs> yeah. um, so I messaged her and I was like, I promise I'm totally not a creepy stalker, but it's a small neighborhood. Yeah. You know. And um, my kid likes your kid. Her kid tried to kidnap my kid last week. So I guess they were getting ready to go home and he was telling the girl child to go put on her coat because she was going to go home with them. I'm like, that's fine. Just tell me your address so I can come get her later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You um, want to take her for a couple hours. That's all right with me. I repotted my Monstera today, which for anyone who's not a plant person is a, a huge plant with holes in the leaves. And it, it's sort of a viney thing. It's meant to like live in the rainforest and grow up trees or whatever. So it's got all these aerial roots. And being the genius I am, I thought, there's a 25-gallon Red Wing crock in the basement. I'll bring it up the stairs and I'll fill the bottom with, you know, pop bottles or, you know, plastic and then I'll fill it with, you know, halfway with dirt so it's not 25 gallons of soil, which would just be heavier than shit. But I got about four steps up the basement, you know, and they're, they're wood steps and they're crooked because dirt floor basement. And I'm wearing Crocs and I've got a 25 gallon Croc in front of me on these stairs. It is exactly the same width as the stairs. And I'm having, you know, roll it up the stairs one step at a time. I'm really pretty impressed that I didn't die. So... <laughs> That was kind of my big, my big adventure for the day. Uh, so, Arlene, how's your life been? Well, there wasn't there wasn't any COVID in the house, but um, all the news is about you know the the variant and lots and lots of cases around. So we managed to avoid exposure over Christmas, so no one had to isolate because our rules are pretty strict here. If if anyone has an exposure, there was a, an outbreak at the high school, but because my daughter had been sick. She wasn't at school at the time, so if she'd been at school, she would have had to isolate for Christmas. So we kind of lucked out, I guess, in the sense that she was not in the building. And yeah, so Christmas was a little quieter than usual, not maybe the same number of family gatherings as we would normally do, but it was still nice. It actually meant that there was probably a bit more downtime, less stress in terms of prepping food and going in all different directions. And, I, don't, um, I don't know about your family, but we're kind of digging the quieter, low-key Christmas. Yeah, especially when you it's... have to fit chores in around everything, you yeah. know, where, where you're fitting in milking and then rushing here or there, or getting up extra early or those types of things. It, it does make it a little easier. I had one of those parenting milestones that I didn't know was something that I 
thought might happen, but when it happened was really special. So my daughter and I got asked to play at our the late night Christmas Eve service at our church. So it's at 1030 at night and there's not usually many people there, but about 20 people typically at that service. So that's one that I've actually gone to by myself for several, well, well, pretty much since becoming a parent, actually, everyone else would go to bed and I would go to the late night service by myself just to have a few minutes of peace, (laughs) you know, the whole silent night thing before the chaos of Christmas day. So even though it usually meant I woke up on Christmas tired, it was worth it for me to have that, you know, half hour, hour of kind of quiet time. So we were asked if we would um, sing and and I played piano for that church service on Christmas night, Christmas Eve night. So that was, it was really special. It was, it was a nice moment for us to do that together. And even the practice time leading up to it was kind of was kind of cool. And oh, yeah, and that video is up doing? on uh, the podcast Facebook page. Yes. Yeah. Our church shared it. So yeah. you, can, you can see us sing if you want. Yeah. And Probably Christmas. Probably hear them sing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christmas morning, we got up to milk. And um, the usual rule is the kids can't go downstairs until, you know, it used to be just dad. But now me and dad get in from milking cows. And um, so my husband gets up a few minutes before me. So he was up about 4.30 and there was a light on. And uh, the seven-year-old had already snuck downstairs. He'd had a sleepover in his brother's room, um, but he got too bored and he just couldn't couldn't stay there anymore. So he had snuck downstairs. And so he was already in, in the living room where he was not supposed to be. So he got sent back up to his room and did stay upstairs, I think, until we got back in from the barn later. But it was just too boring to sleep. So he had a long, long day. And I got a nap on Christmas Day, which was... Uh, the best gift I could have could have gotten, I think. So that was pretty nice. And as of today, we're recording on Thursday. The kids are supposed to go back to school on Monday, but we still don't know if that's happening. So that's a little stressful. I mean, for our situation, we can make it work. I mean, we're, we're both on the farm. So if the kids are home, it's 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 you know it's challenging, but it's not impossible. But you know, for families who are, are working and trying to figure out what to do three or four days from now. I don't, I don't know how they're they're managing all that. So hopefully there'll be an announcement this afternoon about what the plan is, if our kids are going back to school, if we're going back to virtual. We really don't know. So I was hoping you had gotten a Christmas miracle and your terrible cow had dropped over dead you know, in a, in a <laughs> no, convenient place. No, they had her health this week and she's truck. in calf. So uh, Of course she is. <laughs> of course she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, but she didn't take me out over Christmas. She tried every every morning, but she she hasn't got me yet. Staying on my that's, toes. That's good. I mean, it's it's probably good um, for preventing like Alzheimer's and whatever. You know, to keep your brain sharp <laughs> yeah, and your reflexes right. sharp to yeah. dodge. As long as way. as long as she never gets moved. Um, like our our cows are in designated stalls. They do go outside, but they go back into their designated stalls because the the feeding system is based on where they're they're tied up in the barn. And so as long as she doesn't get moved and I, I get distracted and don't realize that she's not in her usual spot, because uh, then that could be a bit dangerous. But I'm I'm pretty sure that I would I would be reminded as I got close if she if she gets moved from her usual location. You should put one of those like a bike flag, you know, like you put on the back of a kid's <laughs> yeah. bike that's like four feet tall and has the orange. Yeah, yeah. At the top. Little, just stick it on our reflector. Butt. Yeah. So we decided to have a New Year's episode and kind of reflect on the first calendar year of the podcast. Um, I guess it's actually been about a year since we started talking about doing this. Um, kind of thinking about where we're headed next year and looking back at this year and 
Um, I'm not setting any super ambitious goals. Arlene might be, I guess. So, Arlene, what's on your uh, your New Year's resolutions list? So, I have kind of gone back and forth on having resolutions. In some years, I, I do. In some years, I'm very anti. I was actually just talking to my grandma today, who's uh, 94. She's in her 90, 95th year. And I said, Grandma, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? And she said, no, I don't do that. She said, resolutions are just made to be broken. So, so, so Grandma the, Fraser. The famous Grandma Fraser. Yeah, Grandma Fraser says no resolutions. So I do have a few that I've been thinking about. They're not maybe so measurable, you know, which is, you know, if you're setting goals, that's not ideal. But um, so I was inspired both by Katie and I've got one for each of my kids. So um, my resolutions that I came up with for this year, or maybe they're just things to work on. Um, my first one was inspired kind of by our first episode and even coming into the podcast itself. And that one is to say yes more to things that either scare me or excite me. So like I said in our first episode, um, the idea of being on a podcast was super scary. And yet it's been the best thing that's happened this year for me personally. And um, getting to talk to Katie every week and our amazing guests has been a huge huge thing in my life. And I just love it so much. So I'm going to try to say yes to more things that that excite me or scare me. But at the same time, and I don't think this technically cancels it out, I'm also giving myself permission to say no to more things. The ones that I feel like I should say yes to, but they don't, they're not exciting or they're, they, I'm saying yes. I feel like I should say yes out of obligation or duty. I'm giving myself permission to say no to more of those things. So Arlene, uh, what resolutions do you have inspired by your children? So I'm going in order of age. I had um, a good laugh when I saw this first one, by the way. <laughs> so um, for our listeners, my, we uh, we put together a, a show outline for every episode. Arlene pretty much always does them because she's more organized <laughs> than I am, which is in my list of things to work on. Um, but it it always makes me laugh to see what she's included in yeah, because it's just in point form, she, and then then I get yeah. to expand on what I actually said. So for the oldest, my 16-year-old daughter, um, my resolution inspired by her is to be confident, even when you don't 100% know what you're talking about, but sometimes exuding confidence and feeling confident is not about knowing everything, but it's about just believing in yourself and sometimes going with your gut. And anyone who has teenagers knows that sometimes they have a lot of confidence in what they say. And I mean, sometimes it's our job as parents to remind them that they don't know it all. But I think there's also a lot to learn from that, you know, that feeling of confidence and believing in yourself. And I think that I could, that's something I could work on myself. Then for my 13 year old son, the thought I had for him was to not worry about what other people think of you. And he is the kind of kid who, while we've had a lot of challenges with him as he's grown up, he's the kid who really doesn't care what other people think. And when he was little, sometimes I really wanted that positive peer pressure to be part of his life. You know, like, hey, everyone else is sitting down. Can you just sit down? Or everyone else is being quiet. Could you just be quiet? You know, like, I wanted him to take in that pressure. But I have this quote on my phone that I, I have kept on my person for forever that's what is it the energy that makes a child hard to manage is that which makes him a manager of life so the things that that make kids hard to raise are going to be the things that really give them power and 
you know, like give them the skills that they're going to need in adulthood. So now that he's a, a teenager and he's going to be going into high school next year, I do have a lot of confidence in him in terms of peer pressure because he's still that kid who doesn't really care. Like if he likes the thing, he's going to like it. If if someone else has an opinion about it, then that's their deal, whatever. <laughs> he really doesn't care. So so yeah, just not not worrying so much about what other people might think of me. I think that's really a, a compliment to your guys' parenting, too. Because it, <laughs> it's hard to deal with those kids who are are headstrong and have yes. the strong leadership skills. But I keep telling myself, not as not as nicely as your quote, but that <laughs> yeah. strong leadership skills now means not having to worry about them as much as they get older. Because yeah, yeah, that's what we hope, right? If we can't talk our kid into anything at five, I not super worried about her getting pressured into things at 15. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Her, her, the, the jumping off the bridge thing is not going to be an issue, unless she's the one convincing other people. That that could be where it is. That's uh, kind of a fear, but <laughs> <gets sense>. yeah. <laughs> we will cross that when we come to it. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's a problem for another day. Um, and then my just turned 11-year-old, my resolution for him is to be a good friend, because I see the relationships that he already has with his friends in school and outside of school that he he actually does a really good job even for his age of maintaining those friendships and knowing the people that he's friends with and and what they like and and how to be a good friend to them and that's something that I think I could work on a bit more is you know reestablishing some connections and checking in with people more often and that kind of stuff even though you know we might not be able to see each other that often but to just check in and stop in or drop drop off a gift of that kind of stuff to be to my friends and let them know that I'm thinking of them. And then for my seven year old. <laughs> so the word being passionate sometimes, you know, also you parents know what that means that he's a bit of a fiery little individual and he's the youngest. So, you know, he gets that probably gets the spoiled baby role some of the time, but my resolution that was inspired by him is to be passionate about the things that I love and to actually be excited about them and, and give myself permission to, to focus on the things that I enjoy and not feel guilty about spending time on the things that I really like. So those are my uh, kid and Katie inspired resolutions. So Katie, what have you got on your list? My big one this year, continuing on from the last several years is setting firm boundaries and priorities. And as a person who wants to do everything. You know, I was always that kid that in school, they'd say, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'd be like, everything? <laughs> would like, you like to I'm, see the I'm, list? All of it. You know, yeah, like if I made a list, it would be like Santa, you know, with the list scrolling down. That's just like 500 feet long. So really, I've been thinking a lot about what my priorities are and that my family is the very top priority. And then my work and, you know, making money, because the thing I'd written down here is only doing things I actually want to do. And several of my coworkers listen to this podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and say it, though. There are days I don't want to work. I like my job a lot. I do. But I don't always want to do it. But I always want to be able to pay the propane bill and buy shoes for the kids and that kind of stuff. And I'm very lucky to have a job that pays well, that I enjoy with people I like. But like you, I tend to end up volunteering for a lot of stuff and then looking at it and going, oh shit, I don't want to do this. You know, there's always crap that you have to do, but I don't need to go looking for it. I don't need to go 
searching out opportunities to make my life harder. This year, we're trying to really make it a priority to actually spend time together. You know, a lot of the self-care things are very like, have a date night every week, which, right, we have two little kids and a farm and two full-time jobs. Um, but we also realized that we've gone on uh, one date in the last two years, I think. Not and counting trips to the hospital, of course. Not counting trips to the emergency <laughs> room, no. Um, and I mean, that's that's not because of COVID. That's just life with two little kids and two full-time jobs and a farm. Um, yeah. But the kids are getting old enough that we could, like, leave them with the grandparents overnight and not be terribly worried. Um, so we're trying to, you know, actually spend some time together. And working with the kids on teaching them life skills, it takes a lot of time. It is frustrating as hell. But things like last night, the girl child put away a full basket of laundry. Nothing was folded when she was done with it. I don't know that any of the drawers actually got closed and we might never find your brother's socks again. <laughs> But she can do it, and she was very proud of being able to help. So increasing those sorts of things. And doing and that while they still want to help is, is key. Yes. <laughs> yes. We've come out onto the other side of, I mean, they'll, they'll do it when they're told, but they don't really want to anymore. So harness that enthusiasm while it's, while yeah. it's still there. Yeah. And then my last one is that I have frequently assumed that the reason I couldn't keep up with things was because I hadn't set up enough of a system or hadn't, you know, found the right planner or the right organizational system or, you know, I was just not a good enough person to do it. And it turns out that I just have too much going on and too much shit. And that if I cut down on a number of commitments and cut down on the the things I'm managing, um, it's a lot easier to, to get everything done. So... Instead of trying to make myself more efficient, I'm trying to decrease the need for my efficiency. Um, and it's actually working pretty well. I found out that our uh, our house cleaner left early this week, and I wasn't sure why. And then I realized that I had done enough cleaning during the week that I had done a bunch of her normal jobs. And so I had just worked her right out of a job. Which... <laughs> Don't do that good. too often. But no, I'm uh, I'm making a secondary list for next week because there's plenty more to do. So Arlene, do you want to read some of these resolutions that our listeners sent in? Sure. So we actually have uh, contests going on. So we had some, we asked people for submissions of their own resolutions and we have two planners. Is that right, Katie? Yes. So some of our submissions from other people through Facebook Messenger or Instagram or all variety of different ways, we had um, Mitchell say that his goal for the next year is to become an architect, which is awesome. And Wesley, who we're guessing is probably a few years younger than us, included getting his driver's bit. license and graduating from high school and to give more than taking, which is uh, a great goal to have. But you're, you know, Make sure to give to yourself too, Wesley. Um, Amanda is wanting to focus on taking care of her health and family and respecting her own time. Um, 
She said she doesn't want to lose weight, although a great side of, would be a side effect of taking care of herself. So, I mean, weight doesn't have to be a goal necessarily, but if it's a byproduct of the things you're doing to take care of your body, then that's awesome too. And she said that she left a job that was taking time away from herself and her marriage and her children. And her goal is to use the time that she's gotten back by leaving that job to focus on the people that matter and the things that matter. Amanda is uh, an in real life actual friend and she is doing an astoundingly good job of saying fuck it to a job that she was totally burned out by and a boss who did not respect her. And so I feel like we should just give her a little shout out for getting a job that doesn't suck and, (laughs) you know, being in total beast mode and making her life better. So good work, Amanda. And Jenny is someone that I know in person in real life. And one of her goals is to get her body healthier. I know that she's had some medical stuff going on. So um, weight has been part of that. So I'm sure that being healthy and and taking more time to to look after herself is a huge goal for her, especially now that she's feeling better and she wants to make more time to ride her horse because I think that's something that she's also not had the time or energy to do for a while. And then their farm business goal is to expand the custom manure side and they are already our manure custom operator. So unless we get more manure, I can't help you with that, Jenny, but I hope that you find some other customers elsewhere. I'm kind of bummed because my initial response to seeing that was that it would be like a like a manure bistro where you would just have like a menu of different manures to choose from for your. I think it's typically whatever you have, they will spread for you. But I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll tell. We'll suggest that as a, like one a of custom one of composting options. situation. Yeah, sure. Um, would you like pig, chicken, yeah. sheep? What kind of manure would you? What like? is your pleasure today? <laughs> What kind of money do you want to smell? Also, tell her they should just rename the business "Smells Like Money" and be <laughs> okay. done with it. Yeah, yeah. All right. That that will expand. I'm I'm happy to help Diane. There, there's Jenny, media here. coverage too. Diane's goal was for her new business to be successful in the next year, and then we also had a comment from previous guest and my sister Maida, um, and she shared with us a post from one of the. Um, body positivity um, Instagram accounts that she follows. And it's was specifically talking to teachers about framing resolutions with their students. But I think it's a good way to talk about resolutions for ourselves too. Because sometimes resolutions can be focusing, you end up focusing on the bad stuff you were doing before and turning that around and saying, what do I need to change about myself? So instead of that, the idea is to celebrate what we did really well last year and what was good about it and how you can reflect on those things and, you know, kind of encourage yourself to continue along that same route. If there are things that you think you did really well with to, to focus on what was awesome and then continue to bring that into the new year and not reflect so much on the negative things because sometimes what we dwell on is what ends up kind of perpetuating itself. Yeah. Maida always has really good advice too. It's true. Good work, Maida. So one of the other things we wanted to do in our year beginning and year end episode was consider each of the guests that we've had in the past year and what we learned or what we appreciated about each one of them. So uh, we're going to go through chronologically through our episodes and we have a few comments about each of them. And it's also a chance for us to thank each of them for giving us their time and sharing their energy and their passion with us because that has been the biggest blessing of doing this podcast I think for both of us is having these conversations and getting to meet and talk to people that truly inspire us and that's been 
so amazing for for both of us to do. So our first episode was us, and of course we know that we're awesome, so we don't have to stick someday too much we'll re-record that too. Now that we have <laughs> a vague idea of what the hell we're doing, <laughs> that Another episode was a hot mess. <laughs> re-intro. I haven't gone back to listen to it again since the first because well, other people can do that. So Derry Carey was our sec, well, our first interview interview, and she's also Katie's mentor. So that was an exciting one. Also, my uh, first fan girl moment because Derry Carey's kind of famous to me as a, a dairy farmer. She also just got a puppy, so I'm hoping for more puppy pictures. <laughs> yes, yeah, puppy pictures from Derry Carey's platform too. Yeah. So the one thing that I've been reflecting on since that episode is how she uses the platform that she has and the followers that she has and uses it well and unapologetically that she's using it to try and promote positivity and but also accountability and diversity and to to not be swayed by the negative comments that she gets i mean i'm sure that they hurt but there are causes and and things that she's exposing on her platform that I think are important and that the agriculture industry and the community at large needs to see and hear. And I really appreciate that she's doing that work now that she has, you know, she has a lot of followers and she's got more, more of a platform and she's using it in a way that's constructive. I can say that working with Carrie, I mean, it was, a big step for me to approach her about being my mentor because she's famous, you know, mm-hmm. but realizing that I could ask her and the worst she would do is say no was really cool to me. And very, I hate saying things like freeing because it sounds so, woo, but it was really neat to just realize that it wasn't like she was going to, you know, publicly shame me in front of her, you know, 60,000 followers or whatever for, daring to ask her to help me with something. And I mean, getting to see what hard work it is, but that she is like a one woman masterclass in setting boundaries and in being very firm about where those boundaries are and not very forgiving towards people who cross them. To be in that position is how you have to be, or, you know, it'll I'm guessing it would ruin your life real quick. And I just, I have to say, Arlene, that looking at this list of all these people we've talked to this year, and it's it's not a full list because this is just the ones that have already aired. We've gotten to talk to some really, really cool people. And yeah. we're, you know, scheduled to talk to a lot more really, really cool people. And that's exactly. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just, just the tip of the iceberg at this point. So our next episode was with Natasha Nichols. And... It was another amazing conversation and I was reflecting on her passion and the the hard work that she's putting into her nonprofit and and into the the garden and you know hopefully the the community space that that they're working to open and even her ability to pivot and you know do the online conference or convention um instead of, you know, in person, like a lot of us have had, have had to figure out. It was a great conversation. And I think also one where we had to look at, you know, agriculture, not just being what we recognize as, you know, agriculture is what I do, or agriculture is what I, what I understand that, that farming can be everything from the backyard garden, or the community garden to the, you know, 10,000 acres or whatever, right? Like agriculture doesn't have to be one thing and it's not defined by one thing. There's so much gatekeeping around what makes a a real farmer. Um, 
and nobody's going to come and take your like your real farmer trophy away because somebody else is doing it differently. I except maybe the horse people. Um, please don't <laughs> shame me, horse people. I love you. I really do. I just don't understand how any of you make any money at all because farming is a pretty pretty zero sum thing anyway. I'm going to have to edit all this out or those horse people are going to burn my house down. <laughs> I love you, horse people. Katie just wants a horse. I already had my veterinarian agree that Jim's no horse ruling does not cover draft mules because <laughs> mules are not horses. There you go. Um, so if anybody knows of a good team for sale, seriously, let me know. Um Natasha just has such a, a passion and a fire for what she does. And the idea that anyone might want to gatekeep that out of being a real farmer because it's in her backyard is bullshit. And, you know, I know plenty of real farmers who don't put half the passion and excitement and work into what they do. And then chronologically, our next guest was one of my personal heroes, Jane Paul, parenting educator and farmer too. And our episode with Jane was about resilience. And the thing that I took out of that episode, among other things, was that resilience is reflecting on the strengths that you already possess. So kind of like Maida was saying in reflecting on the things that went well in the last year that we we do need to engage with and reflect on the things that we do well. And, you know, when things get hard, we can use those things and remind ourselves of those things that we're good at. And then, you know, get through the challenges of life by focusing on our strengths and expanding our strengths too. I think my big uh, takeaway from that episode was actually something you said, Arlene, about cleaning, not being parenting. And, <laughs> You know, looking at downsizing the number of things I allow to take up space in my brain as being a real concern. My house is actually a lot cleaner, and things are a lot more under control since I have stopped giving them nearly as much power in my life about being a thing I worry about. Because when it's not a thing, you can just do it, and you don't have to worry about doing it perfectly. You can just do it so it's better than it was. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I should it, probably it, look into talking in a way that is better than it was <laughs> when I started. It's been a really long day. I'm sorry. I know what you're trying to say on this one. <laughs> but, um, so we actually recorded our episode with Dana twice, which is lucky for us because we got to talk to her two times. Not so lucky because the sound quality wasn't great, but we were learning, right? And we we're expanding our skills. So that's Yeah, was if good you too. thought the sound quality was bad on some of our other episodes, you should have heard the first take with Dana. <laughs> yes. It was not good. <laughs> but it was still a fun conversation. So getting oh. to talk to Dana twice was fantastic. And so she was our physical therapist episode. And my takeaway from that one was that taking care of our physical bodies not in just your traditional ways, you know, you don't have to run or you don't have to lift weights necessarily. You don't have to go to Zumba or whatever, but taking care of our bodies in creative ways and dynamic ways can give us opportunities to have a better life and to have a more fulfilling life. And that it doesn't always have to look like the way we think it looks like in terms of a fitness or, or, you know, the stereotypical working out, but that, we do need to take care of our physical bodies in order to to be strong and to be healthy so that we we need to do that in in different ways 
um, Dana's another in real life friend. And just looking at this whole list of people that so many people that we don't know that well, um, our husbands are friends. So we're like, I mean, we're friends now, but we were friend adjacent before that were so willing to just make time for us this year and to, to talk to us and that Dana was willing to, we probably spent what close to six hours talking yeah, to each other by the time, we, by, by the time we, we got what we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just how, how cool that is. And thanks for the reminder, Arlene, I'm totally counting pushing that, that red wing crock up the stairs as my workout for like, the next week because that was really harder than it sounds (laughs) then our next episode was with travis and greg where they were so open with us and talking to us about their growing their family through adoption and that episode got shortened down to a more manageable size but it was another one that was really a heartfelt and compelling conversation and they were so honest and authentic with us about about both their struggles and you know the the love and the joy that has come through parenthood for them and how how they want to incorporate farming into that and how being on the land and owning livestock is important to them as as a family and my reflection on that episode was that being part of a family is really hard work and you know in their case their kids came with maybe a bit more work than some of us, um, but that it's worth it. And, you know, that they're putting so much love and energy into that family. And it was really inspiring. Yeah. And I think they're uh, public on Facebook, but they posted their Christmas pictures and those kids are pretty damn cute. (laughs) The next episode we did was with Nicole Cruz, who's a registered dietitian for us. We've been doing some of this division of responsibility work in feeding like Nicole um, really educates folks about, but it has been so good for our family. You know, as someone who grew up with a lot of baggage around the right thing to eat and the right way to eat and a lot of really tense meal times um, around these things, remembering that, you know, when I look at my priorities to me, it is a higher priority to not fight at dinner than it is to give a rat's ass if my kid tries whatever new thing I've put on their plate. And that we can just feed our kids and not turn everything into some life or death struggle. Because my kids' relationship with food and their bodies and their family is much more important to me than whether they eat carrots or why they ate carrots last week and now they won't eat them today. Yeah, I'm... A little later to that concept, I suppose. It's not something that we started out with when our, our kids were young, but it is something I'm trying to to work in more. And I guess her more, I mean, it's not casual, it's intentional, but her approach to food was was important for me to hear, you know, that food food is part of life and it's important. And yes, we need to eat healthy, but we also don't need to fight over it. And we don't need to have these battles over it and you know letting our kids control what goes into their body is an important part of them being individuals and their and their own people so that yeah that was an important lesson for me and it's something that we're you know still working on 
I, uh, I have to say, too, as the parent of a headstrong child, it is not a free-for-all over here. Although the five-year-old did ask for salad the other night. Ooh. She kept asking for green wiggly things. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. And then she went and found a salad and was like, this. I'm like, oh, okay. but just, Not gummy worms. No, which is what I expected, honestly. <laughs> um, on the times that I have made the mistake of trying to tell her she has to eat something, she'd probably choose death over doing it at that point. And since she gets that trait from me, it sets up a very unhealthy dynamic between us. Our next guest was AJ Adams, who talked about his research in pride in rural communities. And I really love that conversation in terms of talking about the fact that our communities already are diverse places and that it's up to us to make them supportive places for everyone, that that the, diver- the diversity isn't new and it's always been there, but if we're not inclusive and representative and open about things, then that forces or creates an atmosphere where people do feel like they're the only one, Um, but that inclusivity and and acceptance and being supportive is, is our jobs, both as parents and members of the community at large. I think like so many of these, it's just that, you know, people say, well, there were never gay people or there were never farmers with mental health problems or whatever else. It's always been there. Just because we're talking about it now does not mean that it is only happening now. There's room for everybody. We can just, I don't want to say just leave people alone because that doesn't sound very affirming. But <laughs> you can just yeah. chill the fuck out. Yeah. How's that? How's that for affirming? Yeah. Just chill the fuck out. Chill out. Let people be who they are. And then our next guest was Maida, who is uh, someone living with and through her eating disorder. And that was another conversation that we probably could have gone on for for hours. And my takeaway from that conversation specifically was kind of how she started, where she talked about the fact that, you know, our usual question of what are you growing was that she was growing herself and her own strength and her own person and that she can't be a good parent. She can't be a farmer. She can't do the things that she needs to do if she doesn't take care of herself. And so often as parents, and I'm going to say it as women, we don't put our own needs and our own physical needs, our own spiritual needs, our own, you know, like any of our, we don't put ourselves as a priority. And that doesn't set us up for any kind of success if we can't believe in ourselves and give ourselves the time and the care that we need. That conversation with Maida kind of makes me want to cry just thinking about it now, because that was... That was a big, big episode. Uh, Lots of feelings in that one. But there is very much this sense that if we set boundaries and maintain ourselves and maintain our health and our mental health and that, that it's very selfish and kind of wasteful and, you know, well, if you were a better person, you wouldn't need time away from your family. The same way that we don't, hopefully, don't assume that machinery will run forever without maintenance or that animals will run forever without vet appointments and feeding and that. It's ridiculous to think that humans can just run forever on giving and giving and giving and restricting and giving and only going outward with care and never saving any or never limiting. I'm trying not to <laughs> sound that I'm like pro-limiting when we're talking about an eating disorder. <laughs> but yeah, eating disorder. setting boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, calling an end to things. 
Also the costumes. <laughs> yes, I'm pro the all costumes. the inflatables. And the bullshit button. She's gotten two button. already in the mail from, from people who listen to that episode, so she's well suited. Actually, well, now I feel better about the fact that I haven't sent her one yet. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the other day... We were we were at her house and my uh, seven year old had been upstairs and he came downstairs and tells me, "Mummy, upstairs there's a button that if you push it, it says bad words." And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if the kids were talking into like her Alexa or something." <laughs> no, he found the bullshit button and it has various right. <laughs> it's like that's not horseshit, that's bullshit. That's <laughs> so amazing. He, was, he had found it and was reporting the fact that she had a swearing button upstairs in her house. This should be the first item in our merchandise store. It's just a swear <laughs> yes. button. A, just... a bullshit button and a trophy. Yes. And I if you don't know what we're talking about, episode, you need to go back and listen to Mada's episode. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Then we also talked to Paige, who is a first-generation farmer with her husband at Grass Grazed. And I'm always inspired by talking to first-generation farmers because as someone who I'm grew up on a farm, multi-generation farmers on both sides of my family same with my husband i still feel like i hardly know anything about <laughs> anything right like there's so so much to know and so much to learn in agriculture and for someone who doesn't come from this world to to you know like to start a farm and to go all in is is hugely inspirational and i think it's you know it's a good lesson to all of us that you know we can all learn new things and we don't, we don't get to control who does this work, right? That this, this industry is for, for anyone who has the passion and the, the inclination to want to be involved. I've also been reflecting a little while ago, she and her husband did a Instagram live where they were talking about um, a chef in Atlanta, I believe, who had profiled them in uh in a special menu where they were highlighting farmers of color and, you know, that they were partnering with all these people and, and working with them and their picture was included and they had never had any contact with this person. And he had taken their farm name and taken their family picture and put it on this menu and claimed that he was working with farmers of color, but clearly didn't have their participation because there were multiple people on this menu who had not been consulted before they were added to this menu and he was not buying produce or 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 meat from from these people so i think also you know calling out people who are assuming allyship or, or claiming allyship and not actually delivering is pretty important to do and that you know that they're uh, they shouldn't undervalue what they're doing and none of us should allow other people to take advantage of us and i admire the you know them calling that person out and and highlighting the fact that that, that was not a fair fair representation of, of a relationship that didn't exist. And I think they're starting a podcast too, so we need to look Oh, that awesome. Up. Paige and Derek, if you happen to hear this, if you did not burn that guy's place down, I'm real impressed with you guys. Because what kind of fuckery is that? Seriously. Yeah. That's all. It's just nowhere good I'm going to go with that, so I'm just going to leave it there. Our next guests were Wendy and Johnny. Yet again, another episode where we talked and talked and talked, partly because there was a, a pre-existing friendship, but also they are just so passionate about what they're doing and curious. And I love that their partnership, that their marriage builds on each of their strengths. And I thought that was really great in the way that they talked about both in their farm and in their personal life, how, you know, they have different roles 
to play and that they, you know, really seem to play off each other well. And I also really like how they're incorporating both kind of the traditional farming of, you know, the area that they're in and also, you know, expanding and doing a lot of different and and cool things on their own farm. Yeah, I think Wendy and Johnny, since they are people that I know um, outside the podcast, I have always been so impressed with how well they are respectful of other people's knowledge while also holding the boundary of, I'm interested in what you think, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to do what you say. Because especially, you know, they're they're farming with Wendy's family, and that can be a real hard line to walk. That's They're doing a good job. I feel bad, like, if I forget to say that somebody on this list is doing a good job, that it's like, they're except you, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> then our next episode was our gift guide, and I wasn't sure if I learned anything from that. Although, no, I lost it. We, I mean, I think we gave people some good ideas. Did you have anything that you learned from our gift guide, Katie? Did you get any good ideas? Oh, I'm full of good ideas, aren't I? <laughs> it's just that I never remember them long enough to do anything about <laughs> Did I write it down? No. Anyway, guide. It was fun. Oh, we did learn that we can do a whole episode with just the two of us and actually fill a good amount of time. We don't have to do an interview every day. See, look at us doing it again. I learned that it's a real good thing that I went straight down to our local Fisk farm and home and bought that chopper from Bruder because it was the only one they had and they didn't get another one in. <gasps> and if my little boy child would have been ruined going, Christmas, where my chopper, where my chopper. And then he hadn't gotten that chopper. All right. Then our next episode was with Sarah Hart Unger, who I know is a, uh, was Katie, one of Katie's fangirl moments. Um, also famous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also famous. And that episode really made me look at my time differently. And I think especially going into a new year, I mean, as much as resolutions don't always stick, but I think it's a good a good opportunity to start looking at time differently. And even though maybe I don't plan like she does necessarily, you know, I don't have a lot of appointments or things like that. But I think there is some value in taking a look at how I'm using my time and what I want to be using my time for. And maybe being more strategic and organized about how to set things up. So something I've been reflecting on. Sarah, too, is I, I listen to both of her podcasts, which she makes in between being a physician married to a surgeon with kids in the middle of moving. I'm always so impressed by how well she does at finding time for things that are important to her. I'd really like to get a deeper dive into what she's not doing or if she like has a time turner or something because I don't know how she does it all. But she seems to have a very good sense of what's important and what's not. Presumably is just not doing any of the things that are bullshit. So <laughs> we should mail her a bullshit button too. And then our next guest was Karen, who along with her husband started the Cuddle Cow Company. One extra little plug, make sure if you're looking for a blanket or I think they sell shirts now, bath mats, all bath manner mats. of things. Yeah. Bath mats? Yeah. Bath Why mats. not have a bath mat with a cow on it? And so she was open and vulnerable in talking to us about her spinal cord injury and the amazing amount of work and strength that's gone into her recovery. And I'm just so inspired at her positivity and her ability to keep going and keep working hard and and for someone to to decide to to commit to giving back and starting a company and giving money to charity when she's still so deep in, in working on her own recovery and, you know, trying to, to get healthy and to get 
to get better and maybe regain some of the mobility that that she's lost to her injury. She's a huge inspiration. I feel like Karen and her husband, and I don't know what his name is, and I feel really bad about that. Mr. Karen's husband are like basically a Ram truck ad in real life. And I mean that in the best possible way. Like when you think of solid Midwestern farm family or whatever the international international equivalent of solid Midwestern farm family is, <laughs> yeah. it's that crew. If anyone from Ram Trucks hears this, you should probably give them a call. I'm sure they'd be interested in doing some advertising work for you. Yeah, yeah. Even the way she, yeah, the way she talked about her entire family coming around them as a couple and around her and her recovery was, was yeah, amazing. Their, their entire community sounds like mm-hmm. everybody just did yeah. what Midwesterners are supposed to do, and we don't always do it, which is too bad. It's good to see people being in community the way we're supposed to. And we spoke to veterinarian Jessica and. The one thing that I got out of our conversation when we were talking about being in a, her and her husband being in a multi-faith or interfaith uh, family marriage was having boundaries around our own families and protect, protecting the traditions that are important to us as individuals and as parents and what's important to us as we, we raise our own families. And Sometimes that is hard to do, especially when you're living close to family or working with family, is to protect the boundaries around around your own family. And it, it can become, you know, well, we're all in this together, so we have to include everyone. But there are times when our priorities as parents get to take take precedence and, and we get to make decisions. And it's not not always an easy thing to do, but I thought that that was a good conversation for us to have. I know, too, as, as someone who married into a family that was somewhat different than my own, even when your traditions are pretty similar, it can be very hard to maintain, and especially when you marry into someone else's family farm, that it can be hard for people to remember that there's a chance that you do things differently than they do. Also, my dear darling husband heard that episode, where I cussed him for leaving his boots in the entryway. Where are the boots now? Right now, uh, on his feet. But <laughs> <laughs> he had some thoughts, so I want to. I don't want to issue a retraction because they're still going to be in the middle of the goddamn entryway. But he said he can't take them off out in the outside entryway because then he has to walk in and his socks get wet, and he doesn't like them to be cold. So we're we're rearranging the entryway, and by we I mean me so that I quit tripping over his goddamn boots. Um, but <laughs> I am very, very blessed to have a husband who works hard and, you know, supports our family and, supports and listens to our podcast. listening to our podcast so that he can hear when I cuss and discuss about him. <laughs> what he's done wrong. <laughs> and very calmly brought up his his dispute. He could have, we should have called in. A little bit of a uh, plug for a show that will be airing in February, we will be doing a special episode with real farm husbands of barnyard language. So get ready for that special Valentine's Day episode with you and Jim. And, you know, we should we call Sarah's Astro and see if we could get her husband on, too. He sounds like he <laughs> yeah. might be a lot of fun. So. There you go. So yeah. our that leading into Speaking our last episode. Yes. Last episode of the year was with Sarah's Astro from the Throwing Wrenches, Mending Fences 
podcast and we were really excited to get to be on her podcast and then she came on ours and she has so many great resources about stress and the one thing that I really brought home for for me in that episode was the idea that the things that we can't control contribute so much to what we're stressed about and our anxiety and and the level of stress we have about things so trying to identify what I'm worried or stressed about and then focus on the things that I can actually do about it. Things that, And like she said, making a list sometimes seems like a little thing, but if you can make a list of the things you need to work on, then that feels like a step, right? It, it gets you towards your goal and it makes things feel easier. And I know Katie and I, a little while ago, we made a spreadsheet of, you know, some podcast stuff, you know, guests and recording dates and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden it felt less stressful because it was like, oh, it's all in one place. And yeah, we're we're actually on the right track. We know when things are happening. And just doing that little bit of organization did really help, you know, some of the things that were probably worrying us a little bit. So yeah, identifying the things that I can control and focusing on the things that I can actually do are going to be some good things to think about. And if you need an insight into our personalities, Arlene had the idea about the spreadsheet named it the kick-ass spreadsheet, filled in the spreadsheet, and I obsessively fixed the color coding <laughs> and added a bunch more columns. So yes. for what that but Katie also came up with about 35 future potential guests and is the one who is fearless in asking all these amazing people to come and talk to us. So we both have our strength. Oh, that's one of my resolutions for this year, Arlene, or for this coming year, is to get some more of our like bucket list guests on here. So yes. we need to come up with some more bucket yeah. list guests. Some more, to, some more fearless asks. Do you have any other things that you want to say about our, our episode with Sarah? It was also exciting to talk to someone who's about to be a parent. Cause that's like both as a, someone who remembers where, who I was before kids and is now no longer that person. It's both like, I want to give her all the advice. And I also just don't want to say anything because it's kind of scary. I'm trying to limit it to the advice I wish somebody had actually told me, the, the actually <laughs> yeah. useful stuff. Yeah, the useful stuff. Um, no, we've we've talked to Sarah about doing some more, um, not Use crossovers. Segments, maybe. Or, yes. Yeah. More, uh, doing some more stuff together, because she's a lot of fun. And she has actually won prizes for bullshit, so I feel like, you know, her, her bullshitting abilities are nationally recognized at this point i think yeah at least uh, statewide she's about to go national which is going national with it (laughs) so i feel like that clearly means that she can keep up with the two of us so arlene what do we have for cussing and discussing today well as always if anyone else wants to submit any cussing discussing you can we haven't had many submissions or any yet but i have a feeling they're going to start flooding in in 2022 that's another yeah well now that you told my husband to call in and complain about me (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We have another submission from Jim. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so my cussing and discussing is not about the Christmas gifts that I got or gave because they were fantastic. But I love experience gifts. I love getting experience gifts. So my my daughter for her 16th birthday got some concert tickets. And I actually got concert tickets from my husband for a concert. And here in Ontario, where we live, capacity limits are coming back in. And I don't know if either of those concerts are going to happen. So, I mean, probably they'll get rescheduled. Maybe they'll happen sometime next year. 
but it's just crummy when you think, yeah, you have something to look forward to. No, it's not. It's gone again. So, And yeah. who did you get tickets to, Arlene? Uh, well, my daughter's concerts, we were going to go see Casey Musgraves in Toronto with some my sisters and daughter and friend. And then I got tickets to go see Corbulan. I hate um, you, Arlene. And but like I said, might not happen. So it's yeah. just right I now. I mean, I don't want to say I hope it gets canceled because I don't. But well, you've already seen him, and I haven't. Oh, you haven't seen him? No, not in real life. Oh, we've seen him twice. Well, then so. you win. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> All right. So, what are you cussing and discussing in the new year? Well, right now it's so, the old year. By the time this airs, it'll be the new year. So you got to make it good. I think this might be the first time I'm going to cuss and discuss my two sweet baby children. Uh-oh. Dear sweet baby children. So they watched a lot of TV while they were home over Christmas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the other day, the boy child, he's such a little sweet pea. I mean, they both are, but he's, he's a lovey. He said, Mommy, you're the best. And the girl child, who's five and now knows everything, pipes up from the backseat. I was driving them home from daycare. She pipes up and she goes, Mommy can't be the best. Mommy's not a winner. Only winners can be the best. <laughs> what show is that from? I don't know, but they're not allowed to watch it anymore. The <laughs> <fuck I'm> kid? <laughs> Mommy's not a winner. <laughs> Just... She has a trophy, I'm sure. If not, we're going to get her one. I mean, I'm I'm sure it is something that she saw on TV, you know, that, oh, so-and-so's a winner and they're the best. Yay. But the fuck? I, (laughs) both of you puked on me in less than 48 hours last week. You cannot come back now and tell me that I'm not a winner. Oh, you are the best. Yeah, I am the best, damn it. Anyway, you got anything else, Arlene? I don't think so. We can wrap it up. All right. I got to go take We're my We're saying that we down. weren't going to have many resolutions. We have a lot of things to work on. Yeah, but, but they're all basically also... not doing anything. So <laughs> I feel like our <laughs> chances are pretty good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Only do the things we like. All right. Yeah. Sign me up. All right. Yeah, we should have some sort of uh, club for our New Year's resolution. And that the podcast resolution is just doing more shit that we like and doing less <laughs> shit that we don't like. That we don't. Yeah. Done and done. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Barnyard Language. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard Language. Arlene, did you see that TikTok actually passed Google as the most searched web term this year? I did I know. Not. Terrifying. I said, I think we better do some more things on TikTok, even though I think my app undownloaded itself because I was never on it. Maybe we better ask your daughter how to TikTok, because I can (laughs) just imagine with what she had to say about our Instagram, uh, (laughs) what she'll have to say about our TikTok. Show her her my video that is on TikTok. Maybe she'll like that. Anyway, folks, on Twitter, we are Barnyard Pod. If you want to connect with other farm families, you can join our private Facebook group. It's the Barnyard Language Group. Please like, rate, and share this podcast. And if you enjoyed listening, please give us a five-star review. We are on the lookout for future guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, please get in touch. You can support the show by becoming a patron on the Barnyard Language Patreon. A small monthly donation will help us to keep producing the show. Yeah, folks, making the show is not actually free. So What? I know. 
Turns out <laughs> everybody wants our money. I mean, we'll keep doing it. We'll keep paying for it. Yeah. But it's awesome when other people help pay for it. Yeah. Mostly because like it. it's a vote of confidence. And, and you get resolution from me. I'm going to get better at putting stuff on the Patreon page so that our patrons get some fun stuff too. So that's the other part of being a patron is extra resolution for me. I'm going to connect with the person that I'm hiring to do the social media stuff so that we don't (laughs) have to do it. (laughs) Extra resolution this year is identifying where your strengths are and doing more of those things and identifying where your weaknesses are and outsourcing all of that shit. Whoop whoop. Yay. Do less of things that you don't like and you're not good at. See, we had tons. That was over an hour. Yeah. I was like almost an hour and a half. Um, Longest episode ever. Yeah. Six hours long. Bonus. (laughs) Director's cut. Just (laughs) us talking. It's the Peter Jackson version of our episode. 